pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Again, I found this interest. I mean, for one, we talked a lot about Obi Toppin just sweeping every major, uh, you know, college basketball player of the year award out there. And the Wooden Award basically uh, kind of completed it all. And uh, Aaron Torres with Fox Sports, uh, good enough to join us now. And uh, Aaron, welcome in. How are you? You're really high on Obi Toppin, as I'm sure a lot of people are right now. Yeah, I mean, you know why? There's a reason I'm high on Obi Toppin. It's called I Actually Watch the Games. Um, and if you actually watch the games, uh, he was just, he was unbelievable. Listen, he was a guy, I'll be honest, listen, I cover college basketball, love it as a sport, and sure, do I remember him having moments last year? Yeah, but like, I can't sit here and say that, oh, you know, it's because I was calling this in November. No, like, you know, he blew up onto the scene in Maui. You know, we all know that he tested the draft waters and all that stuff, but you know, I thought he'd be a fine college player and whatever. Um, but what he did this season was incredible, elevating a program, uh, elevating his play, all that stuff. I had the opportunity to talk to him for the first time one-on-one for my podcast last week in the lead-up to the Wooden Award announcement. So I'm impressed with him as a person, and I don't know how you can watch Dayton basketball this year and not be impressed with him as a player as well. Yeah, and of course, right away, I know it really came down between Obi and Luca Garza out of Iowa, and right away, you get a lot of Iowa fans, which, by the way, I found out Iowa had fans. I thought that was interesting. Uh, a lot of Iowa fans started chirping right away. Oh, who does he play? He plays in the A-10. Of course, it's easy to put up those numbers. Garza was going against, uh, you know, the Big Ten talent, the NBA talent every single night. Garza's a beast. He deserves all the, you know, recognition that he got. But Obi Toppin, Aaron, and I say this all the time, he's just one of those guys that I don't need to see him play somebody to know that he is somebody. Somebody. All you have to do is what you just said. Watch the damn games, and you'll you'll it'll do all the talking. He'll do all the talking for you. Yeah, and it's you know because I covered on a national scale, of course, you know I, I experienced that exact same thing, Justin. Of you know every time that I would say something nice about Obi Toppin, well, yeah, but if he played. Uh, you know, Duke's schedule or if he played Kentucky <laughs> schedule. And it's like, come on now. Like, you know, I, I don't understand, you know, if, if you want to say, I don't think Dayton would be 29-2 and two or whatever they finished uh, if they played in the ACC or the Big Ten or the SEC. Okay, fine. Like, I'm not going to argue that. I don't think Anthony Grant would argue that. Um, but if you're going to turn on those games, watch Obi Toppin and say, oh, he'd be just another guy in our league or this would be just another team. No, stop it. Dayton, listen, they, they – obliterated just about everybody that they played this year. They played Kansas down to the wire in a game where they actually, frankly, outplayed them for about 36, 37 minutes and ran out of gas, lost in overtime. Um, Listen, this was a team that I I believe could have competed for a conference championship in any conference that they played in. Would they have been 29-2? Of course not. But would they have had a similar record to Louisville in the ACC? I believe so. Similar to, um, you know... um, Auburn in the SEC, I believe so. And, you know, it is this narrative that we have in college sports that you don't play anybody or this or that or the other thing. But, you know, to somebody, you know, yesterday that was chirping because I think Obi Toppin, I think, will be in contention for the number one overall pick in the draft. They were saying, wow, what a weak draft it is. All I'll say is, 
they would have said the same thing about John Moran until the day before the tournament last year. It's a bummer Obi Toppin didn't get that stage, but he'll have plenty of time over the course of his career to show everybody just how good he is. Now, you mentioned the NBA draft. I saw your tweet from yesterday that a couple high-profile college basketball coaches that you spoke with said that there's no doubt that, I mean, he should be in the conversation for that number one overall pick, and by the time you get to draft night, that definitely will be uh, a narrative. With that being said, I mean, when you, I know what you think about Obi Toppin in college. You're high on him in the NBA draft, but what is his game in the NBA? What's the player comparison that you can, can give him? Uh, I hear a lot of Amari Stoudemire. I said Sean Marion more from the Suns playing with Steve Nash during those years. What, what say you? Yeah, no, that, that all feels about right. Um, he's a versatile player, and I think even more so now than when Sean Marion played, the game is perfectly tailored to what he does. I mean, he's 6'8", six, 6'9", six, whatever he is. He can shoot the three ball. He can de- defend on the perimeter. He has you know, moves in the post, all that stuff. And so I think even more so now than six, seven, eight years ago, his game translates. And so when you talk about the NBA draft and, you know, what what I've been kind of talking to coaches about, and this is something that I believe is, you know, I think this narrative that was maybe really prevalent six, seven, eight years ago, four years ago, three years ago, that you have to take the freshman because, oh, there's so much more upside to that. I think that's been debunked the last couple years. You know, I was talking to a coach yesterday. Listen, the last three American-born NBA MVPs are Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. All of those guys played multiple years of college basketball. I'm not saying Obi Toppin will ever be an MVP in the NBA, but there was someone on draft night saying that, oh, this Steph Curry kid, yeah, he averaged whatever Dayton, but he's 21 years old, and we got to take the 19-year-old kid. And, like, well, I don't know who that 19-year-old kid was. I can't remember off the top of my head who was the number one pick in that draft, but I'm telling you right now, I'm guessing they'd rather have Steph Curry. Um, and so when I look at Obi Toppin, I just say, look, you know, if you want to argue he's 22 years old, okay. But let's also not forget, as he told me on on my podcast, um, he was an 18 year old kid that was a six foot four point guard his senior year of high school. So to say that his developmental curve is so much farther ahead of, say, somebody like Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman is ridiculous because I think that um, Obi Toppin is still learning how to play at his size with his, you know, kind of the tools in the toolbox, and I just don't understand this concept that at 22 years old, you can't get better uh, as opposed to an 18, 19-year-old kid. So, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that I believe definitively he will be the number one pick. I believe he should be. I believe that I would take him, but I also don't believe the narratives that have held back older players in the past should be held against him right now, based on all the information that we've gathered over the last couple of years. Fox Sports Radio's Aaron Torres with us here on the Justin Kinner Show. Uh, again, just talking about Obi Toppin wrapping up. I mean, and by the way, I can't think of, has there ever been a player, and I should know this, but has there ever been a player that has swept all those awards before? I'm sure there has, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, shoot, maybe even Zion Williamson last year. I don't know, but um, listen, it, it doesn't discredit what he did, um, or or you know, whatever. He was the best player in college basketball um, in a year where even the good players had stretches, or frankly, some of the players that we think are going to be really good NBA draft picks really struggled. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, Justin, to be perfectly honest, but I only say that to say. Um, He earned every one of those. He was the best player in college basketball. Like I said, the only bummer about all this is that he didn't get that national stage where I have no doubt that over the course of however many games Dayton played, and I believe they could have played deep into the tournament, um, I'm just bummed that he didn't get that national stage like John Morant did last year to really silence a lot of the doubters. 
Aaron, it's so crazy, man. Everything going on in our world today, like nothing should surprise anybody at this point. But do you ever think you would be alive during a time where there would not be an NCAA tournament? I mean, just, I mean, nothing in the world right now makes any sense. But I still can't get over the fact that we're in April and we did not have an NCAA tournament this year. It's, it's devastating for a lot of people on many levels. It's so surreal, and it's funny because I was talking to a coach this morning um, who who coaches at a Power 5 school, but it's a school like Dayton in the sense that they are not a perennial title contender. It wasn't Duke, it wasn't Kansas, it wasn't North Carolina, Kentucky, whatever. It was a school that really had a chance to do something that the school had never done before this year. And so, you know, listen, we, you know, Justin, we work in sports, and our job is to talk about sports. And, yes, are there deaths going on, and is it a bummer, and do we wish everybody lived and there was no illness, of course. But in the sports context, it is so disappointing because this year in college basketball, there were so many schools, so many teams, so many fan bases that I think really felt like, you know, we have a chance to do something that we've never done before. I live in L.A., um, and I go out in San Diego all the time, and that fan base really thought for the first time ever they had a chance to get beyond the Sweet 16, maybe to go to a Final Four. Seton Hall felt that way. Florida State has never been to a Final Four in school history. Baylor has never been to a Final Four in school history. So there are so many programs like Dayton, and I think Dayton was maybe the the one more than any other that, you know, they just, you know, they had a chance to do something special. And so I know in the tournament, historically, we love to see Duke versus Kentucky or Kansas versus Michigan State or whatever for the championship. But I truly believe this was a year where we would have gotten a school that maybe will never get this chance again. And all I'll say to a Dayton fan listening, it's not just you guys. There's people in San Diego State that feel the same way at Seton Hall, at Baylor, at Florida State, places like that. Aaron, I find out, and Brandon back in our studio, thank you, man, for sending this in. So Zion did accomplish that last year where he swept the awards. Uh, and then the last player before that, Evan Turner, Ohio State. How about that? That's pretty, wow. I, didn't, I didn't realize that about Evan Turner, to be honest with you. No, I didn't either. I was, you know, when you first referenced it, I thought maybe Tyler Hansborough, and then of course, obviously Zion popped into my head. But no, man, it, it shows how dominant you know Obi Toppin was this year, and so um, it's just one of those deals, man. I'll say this: I, I think it'll be whatever this draft process picks up, and, and who knows? And I, I still talk to people all the time, as I'm sure you do. Um, I, I don't think anybody has a real answer as to what the draft process will look like, when it will, will look the way that we expect it to. Um, but I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated in the lead-up to that draft, whenever it is, what the conversation is. Because uh, not only was Obi Toppin awesome, but the freshmen this year were not the way that they usually are in terms of taking over games, changing programs, like a Zion Williamson, like an R.J. Barrett, like a Lonzo Ball, like a Trey Young. So, you know, I, I just think the conversation can be fascinating. And, I, and I'll tell you this, too. I also think that, you know, whether it's night one, night two, night three of the NBA next year, Obi Toppin is going to do something really awesome. And people are going to be like, holy crap, I had no idea this guy was so good. Uh, but for the people like you and I that watch the games, man, I, I think we know what he is capable of. And I'm excited to see him at the next level. Absolutely, and uh, that's why I reached out to you too. I just saw the, you know, I, I listened to the podcast, the interview, and everything, and just wanted to get you on just to talk about your thoughts on him, uh, real quick. Before we send you out, we'll transition to football real quick. Uh, as far as college football goes, 
you know, we're talking about all the uncertainties in basketball. You know, we're talking about the NFL draft coming up, but college football, I know everyone's freaking out saying, oh my gosh, enough. I mean, that's August. Why are we talking? We're talking about it because they're, if, if the NCAA tournament can be canned, anything can be canned at this point. And uh, all the talk about the college football season and how we're approaching it, that's something I'm keeping an eye on. That will be the most devastating thing to me. Of all the sports out there to be impacted, that one will, that one will crush me the most, to be honest with you. Something is, is not right with that. Yeah, and, and Justin, what's so interesting about college football, it's so different than the NFL or the NBA or professional sports in that, you know, every campus kind of has its own set of guidelines. Every state has its own set of guidelines. You know, who can come, who can go, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, what I said on my podcast the other day was, it was actually the one where Obi was on with me, was, you know, I do a little segment before where I kind of talk about whatever the topics of the day are. And, you know, I think that really, you know, realistically, to have football September 1 without any disruption in the schedule, things have to be pretty back to normal by June 1st. And that sounds crazy, right? How can it be June 1st? That's crazy. Uh, well, you know, you got to remember that training camp opens August 1. And that at these major programs, the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Tennessees, the Georgias, the whatever, you know, these guys are going straight from spring ball. They're home for a few weeks, and then they're right into off-season training. And so I heard Urban Meyer say the other day with my buddy Colin Cowherd that, you know, it really takes about six, eight weeks to ramp up from off-season training just to fall camp, just to get started for week one and be ready to go and, and feel that your players are physically uh, ready for what is to come. And so, you know, can that deadline be put? back can it be june 15th can it be june 21st yeah of course but i think you start talking about guys can't be if 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 this is i'm saying if if guys can't be back on campus by the middle to the end of june if they can't be with that strength and conditioning staff i think there are real questions to be had and so for people that are saying oh college football six months away five months away it's like it's really about six eight weeks away uh, for us to get back to schedule on normal, you know, on a normal schedule. I don't know if it'll happen. So much is changing by the day, by the moment. It seems like there was positive, uh, direction with, with golf this week and with the UFC wanting to go on. So I hope that things are trending in the right direction. It feels like they are, but don't think that we got to be ready by mid-August to get football kicked off on September 1st. It's going to be a lot earlier than that. Last thing, and I'll let you go. I'd be honored to appreciate your time and hanging out for a little yep. bit today. What are you thinking about? I mean, you've read, I'm sure you've read the articles about some of the ways that they're trying to squeeze the season in if it doesn't start on time. I mean, we're talking about potential playoffs in May. I mean, starting kicking off the season in January or February. I mean, a lot of crazy things out there, but, uh, you know, you can't really throw any scenario off the table right now because it's important that these programs get the season in just because of the financial implications that play out. Well, 100%, and I think what's so unique about college football, too, is there's some pretty powerful, you know, you know, not powerful, but pretty big power brokers in the sport that have essentially said, we're not going to play games without fans in the stands because at the end of the day, if there's no fans in the stands, it probably means there's not students on campus. And if there's not students on campus, you can't have a football team on campus. And so um, I'm with you. I don't know what it's going to look like. I've heard all sorts of things, even the possibility of kind of a uh, condensed schedule where we eliminate some for the major power five programs, uh, maybe an out-of-conference game or two, maybe start late September. I mean, I think, you know, right now, and 
all the all the powers that be in the professional sports have kind of said this publicly, Adam Silver, that just about everything is on the table. I think in college athletics it's very much the same. But like I said, it's just so fascinating because it isn't one uniform thing. Ohio State runs completely independent of Alabama from Clemson from USC in terms of when they're going to feel comfortable reopening campus, when in that state you can even get a group of 50 people together for a practice. I mean, it is, you know, in a lot of ways it's so funny because because, you know, people always ask me, well, you know, now that there's no sports, what are you talking about? And it's like, honestly, I think just the conversation about when sports can come back is really interesting. And every sport's facing different hurdles. But I think college football is facing some very unique hurdles, not trying to be a Debbie Downer, not saying it can't be back by September 1st. They're just facing some hurdles that no other sports are, not even the NFL. All right. Well, good stuff. Aaron Torres, good enough to join us and hang out today on the Justin Kinner Show, uh, the Aaron Torres Podcast. Tell everyone where they can find you, uh, for, find your podcast, find you on Twitter. I mean, I love the podcast. I tuned in the other day for the Obi-Wan. I'm hooked moving forward. Thanks so much for hanging out. But tell everyone about where they can access your content, man. Sure, man. Yeah, no, uh, Twitter is uh, Aaron underscore Torres, A-A-R-O-N underscore T-O-R-R-E-S. I got the OB Toppin interview pinned right at the top and a couple other NBA draft guys coming up here. And, uh, yeah, man, kind of just talk about whatever's going on in college sports. Uh, I worked at FoxSports.com for a number of years covering both and, and do a ton with college basketball, college football. So if that's your scene, and I'm guessing anybody listening uh, that's stuck through this interview, it probably is. At the very least, go listen to the OB Toppin stuff. And I think if you enjoy that, you'll enjoy kind of what I do. So, All right. Well, I really enjoyed hanging out with you, and I know our listeners did too. Take care, Aaron. Much appreciated. Thank you. All right. Talk soon, Justin.